there's one thing my grandpa taught me is to shut up and listen. And it's, you don't know anything. Other people know stuff. I'm a kid. I, it's for me to learn. My ego should be nothing and it is nothing. Obviously, I'm confident in what I do, but that doesn't mean I have the ego. <laughs> I'm always trying to do better. How much can I learn from? Even if that's starting a business or whatever, it's like, how can I do better? What did I do wrong here? And why did I do wrong? And how can I improve this next time? I want to be better next time. I don't want to stay the same. For me, I'm trying to move forward, not backwards. I definitely don't want to stay in the same position. This is the Mantra Fitness It Works Out podcast from the headquarters of Mantra Fitness in Newport Beach, California, and on location. Our show educates, showcases, and empowers people who choose to live a life of wellness with leading health, fitness, and wellness experts from around the country and the world. Your host for today's show is Kathy Covington, founder and brand president of Mantra Fitness. Hi, I'm, I'm excited to be back podcasting again after my little hiatus and um, travel stint, but I'm excited because I'm going to do something super special on my podcast. I get the pleasure and the honor of sitting here with my youngest son, Nicholas, and we're going to share about what Nicholas is doing in his racing career. So growing up with an extreme sport athlete has been quite the experience for me. And yeah, we're going to meet Nick, talk to Nick, and we're just going to really dig deep on what his racing is all about. So I wanted to start with just talking about mantra and having Nick today on the mantra podcast, the It Works Out podcast. And mantra to me is is more than just Pilates. It's so much more than that because it embodies total body health, meaning the emotional, the physical, and the mental that goes on during a mantra workout at the studio. And I was just relaying this to Nick in his racing because what he's doing in racing is very much the same. It's, it's extremely physical. There's an emotional, big emotional component as well as a mental component to it. And that's what I, I want to get down. I want to talk to Nick about that today. I just want to really learn from him about his racing and, and where he stands with all of those wellness issues. Nick, introducing Nick, say hi. Yeah. So hi guys. I'm Nick Malloy. I go by Nick. Obviously my mom calls me Nicholas. So at the moment I'm a Porsche junior driver in their selected program here in North America. And this year I'm going to be racing out in Europe for an Austrian team, the name of Weimar Work. And I'm racing in a GT4 car this year in the series called GT4 European Series. It's the biggest GT4 series worldwide, as well as ADC Germany, which is uh, only in Germany. So this is a bit more exclusive. We get to travel all around Europe. So first race, we'll start in Barcelona. First real race of the season is Paul Ricard in France. And then we're in Italy twice, finish in Saudi Arabia with F1. And then we're in Belgium at Spa and Hockenheimer in Germany. So looking forward to this year and should be a lot of fun. And I'm happy to be here with my mom and help her out on her podcast. Oh, thanks, Nick. <laughs> so I guess so with that, I know that there's a lot of uh, vision for you. and. With Mantra, uh, my vision for the brand has always been bigger, broad, broader, embodying this whole body wellness. And I'm sure for racing, too, you have your own vision of what your life is going to look like moving forward in your life. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Also, a lot of unknown. Make it fun. Yeah. It's definitely venturing into the unknown. So tell us, just tell us today a little bit about how you got into racing. I started a very late compared to a lot of kids. A lot of kids grow up karting or start when age three or four, they're in a go-kart, constantly practicing. For me, I got into racing through my passion of cars. And 
my dad was looking to actually possibly get a McLaren 12C at the time. So we went down to this automotive garage, automotive addiction, and this guy named ER. He had a garage at the track and we had an M4 manual at the time. And my dad obviously knew I had a need for speed and he wanted me to get it out in a safer way. And he realized there was a track close by. So we got invited to go down for a track day. And ever since that day, I fell in love with driving. And I drove the M4 on the track and it's never been the same for me. And I learned how to drive stick on that. And I was just driving really fast, even with my permit. My dad got worried. My mom got worried. And luckily, there was a track nearby in Salt Lake called Utah Motorsports Campus. It was very affordable. I could go down every Wednesday for an amateur track day. It was just learning how to drive for fun. And all that's all it was, just a place to get out my speeding. The whole idea of becoming a race car driver was never even a thought. You were doing extreme skiing at that point. Yeah, so I've always done extreme sports my whole life. I grew up skiing. Something with a little bit of danger in it, like it made me always excited. And there was something about that. And that, like my dad loved surfing or he would go to surf big waves. I learned how to step off surf with him off a jet ski. So whatever, I was always doing something extreme. Yeah. And so I think it all just, maybe that might've been part of the reason I fell in love with it so much and loving cars, but I never had as much fun as I would racing. But one day I was at the track, there was a Tesla Plaid and like a track team, this guy from Boise, Idaho, Alex Almonte. And he asked to ride along with me. Being meaning well at the time, I had braces. I'm a little 15-year-old with braces, and the whole look was, it was just quite ridiculous. Aww. He rode with me, and I still didn't know anything at the time. Just thought I was driving. I didn't know I had any talent or whatever, and I guess a lot of the way he said I drove stick, heel-toe, everything. I don't know. He thought I had a natural talent, and this was the first idea that I could really be a race car driver, and we set up a test day for him to come back down in Utah. It was a BMW E46. It wasn't anything special, but it was just the idea that someone wanted me to race for them, and I had the potential to race. So we did a test day. There there were some things, and it, we just decided at the end of the day it wasn't the best idea for me to go do that for my first ever race, and that was when we just started talking to this team Tatum as well at the track, and they steered us away. It was best. It this, that was from the twenty-four hour race, right? Was it? It was a twelve-hour race 12 in Daytona. Race. Yeah, at the like Daytona five hundred, the road course there. Yeah. They do Rolex twenty-four hour each year, which I hope to be racing in soon. Anyways, shortly after that, it didn't work. We did a test, and in that test, I had our coach, like the owner of Tatum Racing, he was going to drive with me, and Alex. So it would have been us three in the car for the twelve-hour race, and we basically did a test day. I was. This was my first real time ever in a race car, and we also tested in the rain. I was a second quicker than both them around the track in lap time, so it was very impressive to Alex and both Sean with my possible talent. We didn't know. So shortly after that, I guess we, I decided not to do that as we were talking to Tatum, and then I started racing a boxster for Tatum down at Utah, just club racing. Never did any racing. It was all just time trials, but learning how to handle a car, etc. Fast forward, fast forward to my first race of the season. I basically practiced in a box there for six, seven months, learning how to race, car control, everything. That was my first time in a real race car with a slick, was a, was a box there, and then learning about the car, setup, et cetera. So, when did, Nick, when did you move into the out, out of the Boxster and into yeah, the so, Porsche, the GT3? Yeah, right? so shortly after that, Still we different. the idea was to go run in Porsche Sprint Challenge and possibly a cup car. Obviously, I back, we backed that up a little bit to go run a GT4 car. Decided my first season we were going to run a GT4 car with Tatum in the Porsche Sprint Challenge. And come fast forward to my first ever real race, I set pole at Sebring, which was a shock. It was my first ever race and first time in a car in a racing environment. And 
So your very first race ever. I set the fastest lap for qualifying. And what, was that? what track was that? On? That was at Sebring. Oh, and then in race one, we ended up having uh, a little failure. And then race two, we I got I ended up getting second in it, but there was that was my first race. There was a lot of battles fought in that. It was a good race to watch actually. I could link it on YouTube, and that kind of started the ambiage with Porsche too. And after that, Porsche was they announced they were making a junior program and they were going to accept some people on board through the series. And we had probably six, seven or six, seven, eight kids in the series at the time, and then. Fast forward, that was my first ever season racing. I'm here with my son, Nicholas, and excited to have him today on the It Works Out podcast. Nicholas is currently a race car driver and is with the junior, is a junior driver for Porsche North America. He's racing the GT4 Europe this year, which is exciting. GT4 a, European Series. With a professional racing team from Vienna, Austria, Wimmerwerk Motorsport. He is the first American driver to ever race with this European team. So we're, we're super excited about that. So what kind of cars are you driving now? So I'm racing right now. I'm racing a GT4 car. It's called a GT4 RS Club Sport. I get them all confused all the time. But tell me a little bit, like, just like when you're in these cars, like, how fast are you going? Probably we're getting up to 155, 160 is like the max in a GT4 car. Okay why it scares the you know what out of me. it's not that fast guys can be like gt3 it's, cars get quicker fast. and then we're going into prototypes this is more this is the entry level car but yeah i guess you could still say it's fast <laughs> so i guess so so i'm it, it brings me back to the physicality involved in what you're doing is so extreme and it's that's where i want to tap into you with today just have a conversation about that and like i mentioned before with mantra at the studio, people are coming in and they're getting this great physical workout on the machine and the equipment, but they're also getting so much more than that with the mental and the emotional that comes with a full body workout and training and endurance training, but like what you're doing. So I just wanted to pull us that way a little bit. And I want to know if you could share with me what your physical training for racing looks like currently, just touching on what your what maybe what your day is yeah so i guess now getting ready for my season we have a training camp right before so i've been trying to run some 5k's as of lately so 3.1 miles and then trying to improve my time upon that what about i try to go to the gym two hours a day usually it's more simple weight training i should do a bit more on my neck and grip training for specific racing i haven't been too much but a lot of it's more just your Normal iron weight, a lot of my friends in Park City before we moved back to California were all football players, so I'd work out with them a lot. Chess, squats, a lot of normal stuff, just trying to help grow my body, intensify, so the, so and the, just running, cardio too. Yeah, so that, so that physical, the strength training. Yeah, absolutely. and important for you. And of course, like the uh, mantra class, there's nothing quite like it that I've done, and Pilates-wise, it's... The amount of, it's so balance oriented towards your core. It's a lot of stretching, which I don't, you don't get all the time in the gym. So you get a lot of stretching and balance and intensity with the core. And it's a great full body workout. Definitely kicks my butt. Oh, thanks, Nick. Uh, but I, getting back to the, so the physical with all, with all the weight training you do, I know you do mantra too, and that helps you with the balance and the flexibility part. But there's also a, a huge mental component to getting behind the wheel of a car that you just share. Tell, tell me a little bit about like your the, the mental state that you're on in when you get behind the wheel. Like how are, what do you feel? I guess for my first race, I felt more. It's not even like pressure. It's not even a pressure to perform. 
higher level pressure always comes in but i've never felt it that same way even early on playing baseball or whatever it was everything i've done was been full force i used to practice baseball six hours a day with my dad hit as much as i could until my hands hurt so it's everything i've done would be full force so pressure i wouldn't say is necessarily the best word for me it's more of sometimes it's nerves yeah but i wouldn't say pressure gets to me as much as a normal person it's just I don't know. I just think of it as a scenario and you just get through the scenario. Yeah, it's a lot of mental toughness. That... A lot of imagining, like imagining before the race, how the race start goes or what I'm going to do. I have a plan before the start. If it goes this way, then react this way. Or if I get a good start, try to go around the outside depending on the track or et cetera. So it's always, it's a lot of imagery before the race. I'm imagining and planning pre-planning out how things go and i just i believe in myself and my ability and i know it'll go well so i so pressure doesn't necessarily succumb to me what about what about the simming has that helped so simming is very important into my day-to-day life as being a race car driver and progressing in my career like like how you'd have a plane simulator it's same thing for racing so we have our racing tracks we download and there's like a sim software called iRacing it's what i play on a lot or use and you can drive GT3 cars, GT4 cars, usually anything you can imagine. There's a lot of uh, online pro racing. A lot of F1 drivers use it. Max Verstappen uses iRacing a lot. F1 World Champion for Red Bull. It's a very trusted server, and that's what I use for my sim practice. And it's the closest thing you can get to racing on the track without racing. Obviously, racing's expensive, so I don't have the budget to be out on the track every day. And right, so you can you can. So it's a way, tracks. yeah, it's a way of getting seat time with out spending money which is quite insane and a lot of kids are learning a lot from it there's a lot of software you can learn on the sim the same as you would being in a real race car it's helped me a lot helps me learn the tracks before i go there i'm much more prepared i'd say a great way to get into racing to begin with is getting a simulator you can get a logitech g29 simulator for 60 bucks on amazon you get pedals a shifter and a full racing wheel so that's what i grew up that's what i learned on at first and I set it up to my like normal computer desk like anyone would and had the pedals that was all wonky, but it's a great way to start. (laughs) So Nick, I got a question for you because I don't always get all these answers normally. So I'm here with you now and I'm hoping that you'll share with me the emotional state that you're in with racing. I know we've had some extreme highs. We're all excited. You're winning. We've also had some extreme lows where I've watched you sideways on the track thinking that you're going to be dead at any moment and those are lows um, like emotionally for me where it was very hard and I can't even imagine what it's like for you being in that car when things like this happen or when you win or when you know how you I want to know how you feel the emotional state you're in when let's just start with when you're winning a race and tell me first tell me what is your your favorite race track or race that you've done that you where you won and the feeling that you had when you got that victory the highs are incredibly high in racing and the lows are incredibly low. I'd say when I set pole at Sebring, my first ever race, it was a big shock, but I didn't realize the highs because it was my first race. So I didn't appreciate how much of what I did. I was just like, wow, I'm quick. That's cool. But coming to the end of the season, going to see, going to Indianapolis Motor Speedway to finish our season, I ended up setting pole there again to finish which, out the season. Spe- oh, that was if it's for the they run the Indi- yeah for the Indianapolis 500. So it's the Indianapolis 500 track, but the road course there, which they do the Gallagher Grand Prix for IndyCar as well. Yeah, so that whole weekend was pretty phenomenal for me. Other than the racing <laughs> practices went good. Went P1 in both practices. Went P1 in qualifying by four tenths. So 
felt amazing. Race one got taken out. So obviously went from an ultimate high of being fastest and then being on a very low, being out of the race and something out of my control. And it hurts because you see everyone else having fun and racing and then you're sitting there on the sidelines and there's nothing you can do about it. So it goes from the ultimate high to super low versus in the first race of the season how that high didn't feel as high because i've never felt that way no, that makes sense one of your first wins yeah but so. no the highs are incredibly high and the lows are incredibly low and it's like a pendulum it's like if you're a bipolar there's two different sides to every race and every race weekend's different and the weather's different and each track can treat you different yeah some grip levels are different or the surfaces are different sea brings a very old track it was built on the air force base for world war ii out in the middle of florida and they took the old Air Force base and made a track out of it. So all the track surface is all from the old Air Force. So it's super historic. Say respect the bumps when you go to Sebring because it's very bumpy. I think it's a little bit overhyped. It's not as scary as you'd think, but no, I love that track. Really good track, but they're all different in their own way. Yeah. Versus Road America just got repaved. Road America is, is in Wisconsin. Okay. So the cheese state. Yeah, the cheese. We know about the cheese state. Yeah. So the whole new surface just got repaved there. So it feels very slick if you're off the racing line versus you can be off the racing line in some surfaces and it's so, can be similar. So like a lot of different track conditions, a lot of different tracks, all that you've been preparing for physically with your workouts, including Mantra, which I love. Absolutely. Um, and also you're simming, you're basically visualizing, right? Like what your races are going to look like. You can see the track, you can prepare ahead of time. You're totally training for this type of racing that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be a great year. I'm going to get a little more training too. When I go out to Europe, I'm going to learn more in the training camp from more of a pro team, pro environment. So I'm looking extremely forward to that and learning much more coming to this season as well. Love it. And, and then let me ask you a question too, Nikki, on the, the, like the physical aspect, because I'm fascinated with all the training that I've seen that has to go, that goes into being a race car driver that I never even imagined was there as a mom. I just thought you'd get in a car and you just drive, but really you just, your strength training, you're simming, you're doing all of these yeah. extracurriculars to train for these races that you're going, that you're, that you're racing. I wasn't familiar with the highs and the lows that come with being a race car driver the yeah one, absolutely as a parent watching my son as he i i look at it as he puts putting his life in danger on a track and mm -hmm. that's hard for me i don't think obviously i don't from what you're saying it's not as hard for you because you're in the moment yeah no i don't think it's as hard for me at all and i guess another thing to touch on is a lot of people don't realize the heat in the race car it's i was at coda the Coda's the Austin track. Yeah, Coda yeah. and Austin. I'd say that's probably my favorite racetrack. And being the success I've had there this year was what did you, what great. Did you so I won my race in Portsmouth Challenge. I didn't end up setting pole there. We missed out on that. Messed up our flyer a little bit. But I ended up That was the low. Right? Yeah. The high was that you won. Even coming yeah. in second sucks. If you don't win it, it's not great. But you do take what you can learn and you respect each event with different fortitude. I was taken back to with what you were talking about, the heat inside of the car. So it was like 106, 107 that weekend down at the track. Incredibly hot, crazy heat wave in Texas. Obviously, Texas, Texas is hot. 
my cockpit, the race is like a 35 minute sprint race. So not all that long compared to endurance racing. My cockpit, when I got out of it was measured at 168 degrees. How did you even get through that? When you're racing, you don't really think about it. It's so intense. You just drive and you have to deal with what you're given with. The, like, the mental toughness. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess it is mental toughness, but I, I don't think of it that way. It's just it's driving till it's over. You got to do your job, right? So I think I lost nine to 12 pounds in that little short time, but uh, no, it was, it's a great experience and there's nothing like it, heat or not. Speaking of losing weight, like nine or nine or 10, whatever, nine to 12 pounds, whatever it is you lost in that race, which was like a blur to me, bringing that back to mantra and to our clients, people come in for different reasons when they're working out. It just makes me think about like our clientele and when people come in, they have all these different reasons. Some of them are weight loss, some of them are mm -hmm. not weight loss. Other people come because they just want to get stronger, become a part of a community. So it's neat just to see as your mom, just how those, how similar what we do as a studio and as a business is to actually what you do as an athlete. Yeah. And then I got another, another question for you. So what change, like you're a race car driver and we're looking at what kind of changes have you had to make? I know them, but I want you to tell me what kind of changes have you had to make in your diet? Have what kind of changes have you had to make in your weight? Because weight is an issue when you're racing. No idea either, but it is. So ideally, right now, I'm trying to be about 155 pounds for my season. So I think that's around 70 kilograms, 71 kilograms. Because I think it, with the weight, you were you're too tall. Right? Well, I'd say height is a bit of a myth now. It used to be you'd have to be shorter to fit in a race car because everything was so smaller. But cars are getting bigger now, especially with weight in a sports car. It doesn't matter as much unless you're like two over 200 pounds at this point. Like it, that's when weight would because a lot you're going to have to add weight in a sports car. Formula cars, weight matter more, but still everything weighted now. The cars are bigger. So you can so you could probably be as big as 6'4". He's still getting a race car or 6'6". Six, six. There was a but similar, similar German driver. factory driver for Porsche. I forget his name. Um, I'm pretty sure he was about 6'6 six, six or 6'7. Six, and he was Patrick Long's teammate who actually runs my junior program. And Patrick is 5'7". And they shared a race car. Okay. And actually, the funny story, his Patrick's seat broke. And he was driving in the, all the way back. And he's 6'6". Six, six, and Patrick's seat is flying forward. And he's a little 5'7 guy trying to sit where a 6'6 six, six guy was sitting. So there's definitely, it's, yeah, so you could still make it work if you're tall. So it's that, as, it's that aspect of fitness, right? Everybody's unique. And so it doesn't take away from your journey or your ability or your mental mindset that you can, you can make it no matter what. You can do this. You can work out. You can get stronger. You can have all these things that you want and you dream of in your life, right? If you just have that mental mindset that you can do it. And I think that something that makes me happy to hear from you yeah i'd say go chase your dreams don't let anyone say that you can't do it because there's a lot of haters in this world and a yeah. lot of people that don't believe in a lot of things yeah some people's parents via could be anything friends family it's you got to believe in yourself and you, yeah it's hard sometimes when people are always telling you no or not to believe in it but i'd say go chase it there's always it, you saw the right place, right time. You never know. You never know who you're going to meet at the right time and right place, and stuff will work out, I promise. If you work hard and you shake people's hands and you look them in the eyes and you do everything proper with respect, it'll work out. I love it, Nick. I love it. Yeah. If, I, if it were only that easy for me. 
<laughs> oh, usually I'm just a mess at the end of a race or during a race, I'm a mess. It can be stressful being a parent. Yes, it is a dangerous sport. Yeah, just a little. Yeah, it's not that bad. We're okay. It's, cars are pretty safe now. Yeah. When you're sideways on the track and someone's coming at you at 140 miles an hour. Yeah, but look at, I'll, sh- I'll show you a trash of Jack Aiken. He was a Formula One reserve driver. I'm pretty sure he drove F1 for a year. And he's he was driving for Alpha Tar, or no, he was driving for a Lamborghini team in the spa 24 hours. He got flipped around sideways. He got hit from six cars. The car basically got dismantled into a little seat and he still survived. Probably the most crazy crash, the craziest crash you could see and you would believe someone still survived from it. Full car caught on fire, everything. What was your scariest? Tell me about your scariest moment ever. I wouldn't say getting hit or crashing is the scariest moment. You feel bad for the team, the people going into it and what they have to put into it and the work that goes behind it. The team may have to stay up all night working to save the car. You might have ruined someone's night because they're going to stay there for 24 hours at a racetrack rebuilding a car. It's very much a team effort. There's a lot that goes into it and the team principal making decisions and mechanics doing their job and work. So it's like a big family. And I think it's very important to show respect at the track for the people doing their best to give you the best opportunity. A lot of community around the track. Absolutely. The drivers. A huge community. With the, with the, you said with mechanics. Yeah, obviously on a pro level, it's going to be much more cutthroat between teams, but it's your team individual. It's very much of a family. Yeah, I, I, I do see that and how everybody really works together yeah. for that common goal. So there's probably, a, I see a lot of disappointment in that too, as your mom, but when you have, you know, when you've crashed on the track and you're out of the race um, right away, just the kind of, the, the disappointment runs deep. Yeah, but back to that, I'd say the scariest moments aren't necessarily that. It's more like the oh crap moments, like saving a car. Like it's, it was wet and indie. I was going around turn 11 and I was like slid on the exit, probably going 120 and you catch the car. And I'd say those little saves are a bit more nerve wracking sometimes than something happening with the car if that makes sense but no i wouldn't say anything is particularly scarier than the next it's just it's part of racing i remember when you crashed with your race competitor and you were basically right beside her all of a sudden i see your car flip up onto its side and you're off the track yeah that was in var that one was on me and the mirror in indy and then that one was on her feel though for me as a parent it scared the Jesus out of me. I don't know. It's just, it's, I guess you can get over intensified at a race start. You can hype yourself up too much. And the most important thing, or for any of you younger kids listening to this, would be or go, looking to go into racing is calm down or anything in life is look at it calmly. Business, whatever. It's better to calm down and look than. I don't know how you, I did, I couldn't remain calm. I think I called your dad and. and I don't know. The, the best thing you can do is calm down because the only thing that getting angry, it, it only causes more problems. I don't know how you do it, Nick. I, Watching it is, is. I wouldn't be rather. I wouldn't rather be doing. I wouldn't rather be doing anything else. Yeah, nice to have conviction. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Hope to be racing for Porsche as a full-time manufacturer. And if it's not for Porsche, it's for any other manufacturer. Right now, it's the Porsche Junior Driver Program, and anyone, any team, or pro job, or just want to keep in the sport and racing. Awesome! I love it. I love it. Maybe not. I don't know. I know it's a little scary, but I love it. Nick, so what do you think about personality in racing? Like how important is that in your racing career? 
I think it's everything as well in life. I think it's your character describes who you are and that's what distinguishes you, especially being a manufacturer because the end goal, even though you race cars, is to sell cars for the company, right? So you're trying to be a brand ambassador. You having a character to yourself and understanding certain things is what sells. It's not, it's the whole package for them or it's the whole package for a manufacturer. It's how you speak about yourself, how you present yourself, how your performance is on the track. Obviously you have to perform. You can't, you're not going to get anywhere if you're not good. But it's a lot more than just being good. It's who you are as a person, especially in like Formula One. You look at all the drivers, like Daniel Ricardo. People love him because he has a personality and a character. That's part of the reason he's still in Formula One is because who he is. Character is huge, especially in Formula One and for being a manufacturer driver. Your character is very important. I'm like, here's my ego. It's nothing. I'm 18 years old. Why should I have an ego? I'm trying to be the best version of myself I can be. So all the advice I can take and anything I can do better from or learn from, I think is important and valuable. They should shut up and listen. There's one thing my grandpa taught me is to shut up and listen. And it's, you don't know anything. Other people know stuff. I'm a kid. Uh, it's for me to learn. My ego should be nothing and it is nothing. Obviously, I'm confident in what I do, but that doesn't mean I have an ego. <laughs> I'm always trying to do better. How much can I learn from? Even if that's starting a business or whatever, it's like, how can I do better? What did I do wrong here? And why did I do wrong? And how can I improve this next time? I want to be better next time. I don't want to stay the same. I'm trying to move forward, not backwards. <laughs> I definitely don't want to stay in the same position. My coach, Parker Thompson, coached me this past year. He's great, good family friend, good friend now, mentor. And that's exactly what we'd say. How can we do better? Why did this happen? And it's always evaluating and looking to be better. It's put your ego aside and learn and shut up and listen. This has been the Mantra Fitness Podcast. And our guest today was my little boy, my son, Nicholas Malloy. Yeah, thank you, mom, for having me on the podcast, giving me the opportunity to talk about your business and my, a little bit about my career and insight into my life. And I'd also like to thank my dad for the opportunity that he gives me to go travel around and chase my dreams at the moment. I want to thank the pod father. Thank you for having me on, for making this all possible. I'd like to thank Porsche for making me a Porsche Junior on their junior program. And... Everyone else around me who's helped me out, I'd like to thank my old team, Tatum Racing, for getting me started to where I'm at now. I'd like to thank ER and Automotive Addiction for being a lot of the reason I got down to the track. A lot of people in life that have been there for me, a lot of supporters, and I appreciate anyone else that I did not name that has helped me get as far as I am today. For more information about Nicholas, you can visit his website at nickmalloyracing.com. You can also... Yeah, we got to update that a little bit, but I'm going to get that updated shortly here i'd say instagram handle okay mom. yeah he'll hook up with him on instagram what's your instagram address nick, nick malloy it's nick it's just nick malloy n-i-c-k-m-a instead of an l i do a one so n-i-c-k-m-a-1-o-y so nick malloy you'll find me just put nick malloy racing driver porsche north america junior driver any sponsors, uh, feel free to email me at nicholasmalloy2006 at gmail.com. I'd be happy to reach out to you guys later or shoot me a text on Instagram and uh, be happy to help. Cool. Thanks for that. And your host for today's show has been yours truly, Kathy Covington, the founder and brand president of Mantra Fitness. Our show educates, showcases, and empowers people who choose to live a life of wellness we interview leading health, fitness, and wellness experts from around the country and the world. If you'd like to reach out to me, please feel free to email me at kathy at mantrafitness.com. And thank you all for listening today.